listening to Confessions of a CEO. This is the show where I'll be taking you behind the laptops and lives of some of the best and brightest female minds in the online business game. The frank, funny, and inspiring chats that we have behind closed doors are about to be revealed. This is the secret sauce that you need to hear that's going to help you and blow your mind at the same time. No fluff, just all of the honest good stuff. I'm your host, Mel Moore. I'm a CEO, embodiment, and business coach for female online entrepreneurs. And I'm also the founder of a boutique, virtual assistant agency. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to Confessions of a CEO. And my guest today is Rachel Krishup. She is an ethical marketing business coach who has supported over 3,000 multi-passionate founders and creatives to build businesses that honor their humanity so they can create, grow, and thrive. While others tell you what worked for them, Rachel works with you to discover what strategies, tactics, and mindset works best for you. She believes that harnessing your lived experience, skill sets, and knowledge will allow you to build an aligned and profitable business without compromising your values, choosing between your passions, or using unethical tactics. Rachel is also a published author, international speaker, podcaster, and teacher, and I'm lucky to say a friend of mine. I'm very excited for this conversation today, and it's with one of my favorite humans in the world, literally the other side of the world, Rachel Kushup. And we've been friends sharing our online lives, laughs, business highs and lows in the Instagram DMs and many Zooms through the pandemic for a couple of years now, right? And we we both share a passion for doing business the ethical way, calling out the nonsense that runs wild in the coaching industry and all the good stuff. And it's all through the lens of helping our clients live the absolute best lives that they can as a byproduct of creating sustainable, successful and aligned businesses. And today, one of the things I want to bring into the light with this conversation is a topic which I think many of us will relate to as business owners that have navigated living and handling businesses through the pandemic. And that's the subject of business owner burnouts. And Rachel, you recently released a very personal and honest episode on your podcast about how you experienced burnout in 2022 and what you did to heal with that, heal through that while moving through it and taking care of your clients and your business at the same time. And as a fellow coach who's held humans while also experiencing my own grief, I wondered how you managed it and then how you were able to take time away from your business completely. And what's come up for you through that process. So do you want to share a little bit about that? Yes. What a great, like, layered question. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to dive into all of the things. <laughs> Firstly, I guess, like, I didn't realize that I was experiencing burnout until the very end of the year. So mm. I like started off the year and I was, you know, tired. I'm living in Melbourne, Australia. So I had spent a large amount of the last few years in and out of like lockdown. You know, I finally got to travel again. So I was out traveling and doing things and trying to get back to, you know, normal life in air mm. quotes. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm just, you know, a bit not fit, you know, a bit sort of like run down, you know, have to kind of navigate it all again. And so I was like, okay, cool. You know, we can do this. We can do this. And like, slowly ease my way into it but by like April I was like I really don't feel well and like every Mm. day I'd wake up I was like I just I don't feel like me and so I did kind of start to go on a journey of maybe I need to go to the GP and you know I'll see my therapist more Mm. and was it physical or or emotional both all like Mm. mental it was all three I don't know if anyone's ever experienced it I guess it's kind of like 
I was explain, trying to explain it to a friend and I was like, it's like jet lag. If you've ever had jet mm. lag, you know, and someone's like, you know, we, we don't, we've run out of like soy milk. You're like, what? Why have you run? <laughs> like, you know, you're like holding on to like yeah. having a coffee. And you know, when you feel kind of like nauseous, Mm. but also you know sometimes you can still kind of focus because you're on that adrenaline right like I've got to get to the next like plane but I feel ill so it was all of those kind of mixed together and so like I knew something wasn't right I'm pretty self-aware and so kind of went through this journey of like you know getting a personal trainer which I'd had in the past getting a naturopath to kind of work on some like gut issues and it wasn't until the very end that I realized I had burnout because we'd addressed all of these other like issues because Mm. burnout is complex. Often we can have a lot of like intersecting things that create burnout. And yeah, it wasn't until the end of my GP, I was going back and I was like, I still just don't feel right. Like I should feel better, right? Like we're doing all these things and, you know, she's ticking off a list. I I just don't feel right. And I was saying it to everyone on my, you know, sort of health support team. And my GP is like, when was the last time you had a work-free holiday? And I was like, uh, and, then it and it sounds so stupid in hindsight because yeah. I advocate for my clients to take time off all the time. I'm always saying to my friends, like, what do you need help with? But no one had been asking me and I hadn't been asking myself. Mm. And so it was in that moment I was like, oh, crap. And I couldn't remember. Like, I literally couldn't remember. And it wasn't like COVID, where have the years gone? Can't remember. It's like, I truly can't remember. And I was like, oh, something's going to change. And so from there, I pretty much went home, said to my partner, I need to take at least a month off work. It's happening. And so then I ended up taking the whole of September off. That kind of came back in like October-ish, but not really, and just supported a few clients. But my clients Mm. were you know, to answer the other part of your question, were fabulous. Like I literally just sent yeah. them a really honest email. I was like, this is where I'm at. I need to take a month off. And they were like, do it. Like they're like, take that. the time. Yeah, that yeah. was so lovely. Well, because it's quite vulnerable to share, right? Especially as a space holder and a coach to sort of admit that the things that we practice, that we preach, we haven't practiced for ourselves and that now we need to step away from them and the business for a moment. Like it's very vulnerable to, to share that, right? Yeah, and I just kept on reminding myself that if I was asking that of my clients and friends and, you know, that I need to ask that of myself to be vulnerable, to say what I need. And I also, you know, thought like, well, if my clients came to me and said that, what would I say? And I'd be like, oh, my God, yes, take time off. Like, what can I do to support you? What do we need to wrap up? And my clients are exactly the same. I was like, Mm. do you want an extra coaching call before I wrap up afterwards? And they're like, look, if you're not too busy, can I because of this? Or others are like, dude, instead of coaching me, just go read a book. I'll see you when I come back. Like I've got everything. Like humans talking to other humans, like we're all pretty, Mm. like a really great bunch of people. I think it's just when I think a lot of us try and, do things through filters, maybe through fear or shame, which I didn't actually feel, to be honest, this time, which I think was sort of interesting. We can touch on that. But I think when we have these filters, we need to say it right. I can't have them think that about me or how can I possibly be a coach and a space holder yet need time away? You know, I must be shit at my job or my, you know, what I do. I think through that then we take away that vulnerability and then people do go, hang on, why is this happening? But I was just really open and honest and so – everyone trusted that that's what I needed and they wanted the best for me. Literally some clients were like, come back whenever you want. 
Like, oh. you're the only coach for me. I only want to work oh. with you. And I was like, I am so, so grateful. But I, cry. also, I would have cried when people, if people said that to me, I would have cried because of the state was, I would be in and to receive so much love and care. <laughs> it was so good. And then I was like, why didn't I do this uh, like sooner? And then again, it just made me realize, you know, we shouldn't be afraid to ask for support and help, especially as people who are service-based, you know, business owners, coaches who are really giving everything they're all to their clients all day, every day. Like why can't we say, hang on, I need some time for me. That isn't work related at Mm -hmm. all. You know. Yeah, I think we're all guilty of it. And I think this is why these conversations are important, right? We have to normalize that just because, you know, we don't, you know, guts and all put everything on the internet and social media. I, for one, definitely do a bit of processing before I kind of share any, I don't share open wounds, I will process. And if there's a useful point, teaching point and lesson from it, I will then share it. But that sort of means that there's a whole chunk that people don't see going on. So the conversations we're normalizing here are like, these things happen to us. And weirdly enough, um, my birthday was recently and I said to all my clients, I'm taking the full day off because, you know, it's been pandemics. There's not really been much to do. So I've just kind of gone like, doesn't really matter. I'll continue to do a little bit of work, but I won't really be present. But when I let every single client know, the fact that there was no slackings reminded me that me having a flexible business actually means when I'm walking on the beach, I'm just hoping no one slacking, you know, slacks me or, and I'm hiding from them. But whereas I took that intentional day off and I was like, oh God, it's been too long since I did this. (laughs) So we all are guilty of it, especially as like service providers, like you say, and just, yeah, we need to, we need to normalize just stepping back and planning this in. And so what, what came through for you in terms of changes that you would make or advice that you would give someone if they're feeling like, how do I prevent this? Or this might be where I'm coming to in my business. In terms of prevention, again, research backs this up. Mm. If you listen to the podcast, look at any of my content, you'll see this is, you know, to turn off all the push notifications on your phone and to only check email and social media like once a day at a set time or like as little as possible. And you Mm. say that and you're like, yeah, yeah. And I heard that advice page is like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." and oh my God, like I did it. And I (laughs) literally felt my nervous system like relax because. When I took September off, I took September off the internet. So besides watching a few YouTube videos on um, like fashion because I'm into fashion, it was a passion. I don't have Mm. any business on YouTube. I don't look at any business accounts on YouTube. I had a whole month off the internet as well um, because I just really needed, yeah, like to relax. And I, I don't even think I read anything either like I stopped consuming content besides fashion content Mm. because um (laughs) that's what I was like into and enjoying and it it just brings me joy but everything else I kind of just stopped and it was just amazing because I forgot that I had to check my phone so I came back to work and I still have (laughs) all of my notifications off so I check Voxer for coaching clients so tight and I'll be like get to the end of the day on Monday be like shit I forgot to like (laughs) oh my god because (laughs) I'd been so used to doing it, right? It's so yeah. habitual, but you can mm-hmm. actually reverse it so, so mm. quickly. So that would be a huge one. And like I said, research backs that up. And it other does. things. I can, yeah. I can confirm that because I've, I, I think last year I switched all, I hate the little red dot. I'm one of those people that if I see that you've Me got 10,000 unread, I will, I will have a moment because I can't handle that at all. So I, I always have to zero those out. But if I turn them off, 
oh, my nervous system just is, I don't look at my phone and go, I've got five things I need to check. And then you're in one, out the other, in one, in the, that in itself is our nervous system is just on all the time. And I do the same with Fox. I used to switch notifications off on weekends because I said to clients, if you want to brain dump through the weekend, go wild. I've just got notifications off. I did not turn the back on this year and I'm living the dream and I go in when I want to. And if someone's responded to me, I don't get this sort of, I need to be in that conversation. I'll go and do an an hour's deep dive work on something else. It is game changing. So if that's the one thing you take from this conversation and do today, please turn all your notifications off. We don't need to be this responsive. Yes. And I think that leads to like the other thing I recommend is to really just think of like, what can you take off your plate? What can you defer mm. to another person? Mm. You know, what do you truly need to be doing? Like what is your like marketing minimalism, your business minimum, minimalism, your coaching minimalism? Like what is yeah. the things that you actually need to do to to make sales, to market your business? Because you'd be surprised how little you need to do. So I didn't publish anything mm. on my podcast, The Rachel Goodrip Show, for four months. I went back in and checked the stats because I hadn't been checking. I didn't care mm. um, at the time. And holy crap, each episode was still getting so many views and there were That's hundreds amazing. and hundreds of views still, <laughs> even though I hadn't published for months. And content that I had yeah. written four or five months ago were getting me coaching clients. So like I saw that post, mm. you know, I did your quiz, I got your email, booked a call. And so it was a really nice reminder even for me that you don't need, like you said, to always be responding, always be creating something new, always be mm. like on in air quotes in your business. Like there's a yeah. difference between being intentional and present and being on. And I think a lot of us get wrapped up in the doing and being on all the time. So we can't truly relax because even mm. though I had, had a holiday, I had had time away from my business and you know afternoons off and stuff, but my brain was always on. It was so focused on the business, so attuned to the business. Like I need to write that. That's a great idea. I need to do this. And I was just constantly thinking about the business. I could never truly switch off. And now I find that I am the opposite. (laughs) Like I went probably (laughs) way the other way. So I'm slowly getting back into the groove of running my business, but I don't Mm. do any business related things on Monday. I write my memoir instead, working on another in-person event here in Melbourne. You know, I do all of my errands and chores. And then on Friday, I often take that off too, unless I want to be creating or doing something. And so I only work Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays and really block out my day um, and really don't spend as much time on social media anymore. I don't bother doing the random likes and the comments and the maybe it's your stuff, <laughs> Mel, and I like it. But do you know what I mean? I'm not there like just wasting time to look like I'm online or I'm interacting. I truly interact with people if I want to, but Mm. I'm sick of all of that kind of fluff that really doesn't do anything for ourselves and, like you said, our Mm. nervous system or our business because I, again, prove Mm. for myself what really does work in my business, what I love doing and what I was doing that I didn't really need to bother with. Yeah. It's like you stripped it all back and you're able to see. And not everyone obviously has that gift as well. And we're sort of obviously coming from this position of of your personal brand is years deep, right? So kind of we'll just filter it through that as well. But I think there's something really useful in that because you've built a strong personal brand that continues to work for you. Everything about what you've done and do with your marketing and your messaging is intentional, right? Because we see a lot of people just going, I'm posting consistently, but they're just throwing something up every day for the sake of it. It doesn't actually align with who they are, what they want, what they do. But if we can kind of remind people, there's so much more power in putting up a couple of intentional posts or stories per week that will continue to do the work for you rather than 
scattergun and and just feel like you're exhausting all of your energy unintentionally, right? So I think there's like the intentional word to everything you've been doing. You were able to see how it's continued to work for you, right? Yeah, I think that's a really good point and something else I've been talking a lot about lately, which I think is so related to the conversation we'll have today and definitely comes off the back of you know, going through creative burnout is again, redefining what showing up means to me. So a lot of people think mm. showing up equals like posting, commenting, sharing on social media, you know, the how-to content, educational content. And that's just not true. It really is about being intentional and present and vulnerable and like challenging yourself every day in your business. And that doesn't actually need to happen on social media at all. And I think for a lot of us, social media really is a time suck. It really does mm. knock around our nervous system. And so for me, even redefining what that looks like. And so you will see me on social media posting content again and doing stories, but I haven't been doing, you know, like video how to content very much. I sometimes do it. Yeah. Um, but if you've noticed Mel, like I just sort of share photos of myself or stories. And again, it's still going really, really well. Still getting comments, DMs, mm. but I don't have to be like, you know, live and doing, I just don't want to spend my energy that way. I'd rather use that energy on my coaching clients, um, mm-hmm. you know, the podcast that I create, all of those kind of things. So again, just those little tweaks has been like huge for me. And it's something that I do help my clients to do too, because some people are like, well, I want to be in social media, but I don't want to do it this way. And I was like, well, there are so many other ways you can get the same results. You can make it work for you. And I think, redefining what a lot of these terms, you know, on hustle, showing up, ethical marketing. (laughs) Yeah. All of these terms that we just keep throwing around on the internet that we don't realize one, we haven't defined for ourselves. We're just taking other people's changing definitions every day. And two, all the pressure we then put on ourselves Mm. to perform within those definitions or standards again, set by others. I just, Mm. I'm not here for it anymore. Like I always, you know, had a bit of sass and I just feel like now (laughs) Really, really yes. sassy. And like my clients <laughs> come to me now and they're like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, you're not going to tell me to do like, you know, a dancing pointing reel. I don't want to do it. And I was like, who's telling you to do these things? You know, they list like 15 people. I'm like, who is still coming online and telling business owners they need to do something a certain way? Because they're just, just stop, please. It's, it's not going to build authority, get your clients, get your money. It, it just mm-hmm. isn't. And that kind of way of business is done. Mm. So many business owners have messaged me saying, oh my God, like I've experienced burnout. I am going through it. I was too afraid to share my story and I'm I'm happy to share mine if it helps others. Mm. But everything that's come out from those conversations is all of the pressure and we're all putting it on each other. So I think we also yeah. need to take some individual responsibility about like what we're, you know, reiterating, what we're perpetuating online and the way mm. that we present ourselves in a business and, you know, not talking about privileges. And I'm glad you brought up, you know, I have been doing business for nearly 12 years. So I do yeah. have certain foundations that other business owners don't that made taking a time off easier. But I mean, mm. no one wants to talk about those because they're not little sound bites. But again, <laughs> if we social media, it frees up the conversation and I'm just realizing that over and over that mm. we're doing it to ourselves and we're keeping ourselves trapped in certain ways of doing things when we just don't have to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's a sort of a shiny scroll syndrome where we think, you know, the comparison trap is so detrimental to our businesses, our mental health, the way we show up and what we do because we get 
and I see this with a lot of clients who are sort of a year or two into their business, they feel like they should be in a different space, earning 5K months, 10K months, all of the nonsense. And the reality is like, as you say, you've almost even experienced with this burnout to just step back and strip it back down to what actually matters. It's sort of like you've cleared out the clutter and the noise and figured out what works for you. And it's almost painful to see so many other people don't have that perspective yet and they're just in the midst of burnout but sometimes it's the hardest thing right you try to self figure out your burnout and it took multiple people in situations before it clicked and I think for us as coaches we can look at someone walking into our coaching and be like you're crying already what do we need to strip back because you can see it in other people but it's really hard to recognize it in yourself and it kind of is this product of well I should be doing this I should be doing that and as you say I've got to show up and do reels and like I don't want to show my face and so mentally I'm showing up and being really panicked about the whole thing plus I've got clients plus I'm not charging enough and and it's kind of this whole ball of just industry nonsense and you just think oh if I could just pull it back and say none of that matters decide what you want, try to have someone help you get there. And what what would be the kind of things that you would say? Because obviously we could talk about ethical marketing and the nonsense that goes on all day. But what would you say is the biggest trap that you see people fall into that they can avoid? It's following others in your industry. So mm. again, something that I did prior to taking the month of September had such a huge social media clear out, particularly on Instagram, because that's where I am hanging out predominantly to talk about my business, to hang out with other business owners. I just stopped following all of the people in my industry, particularly the hate follows. I'm going to be honest, you know, the people that you like really don't like and you you follow them anyway because you want to know what things they're saying, you know, as a way of positioning. I'm going to be honest, like the hate follows. So honest. Like, let's, let's be honest. The hate, hate follows, but also the love follows. So, mm. you know, and I even shared a message being like, I'm unfollowing a whole bunch of people. If I'm unfollowing you, it's nothing against you. I hope that you go out and do the same. And that, again, mm. was such a well-received share on Instagram. So many messages and people have said that they've done that. It's been huge. My clients do it too because, again, mm. that's when you fall into the trap of comparisonitis and then you often, without realizing it, start taking on board other people's ways of doing things, you know, looking at other marketing coaches and they're like, oh, I mm. launched a course, made a million dollars and this is how I did it. And then it starts to be like, Rachel, should you launch a course? Don't you want a million? <laughs> you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, mm. I'm pretty self-aware and I'm quite like strong like minor, but it still was just coming in without me realizing it. It really was starting to like. It's like osmosis. It just creeps in, doesn't it? it and as does. you say, even with the like aspirational way you want to be, people that you follow, the same. If you're having a bad day, that will make you feel really freaking inadequate. Yeah. And I was looking at my friends being like, I love you. And I'm like, fire out. I'm, you know, why am I not doing this? Why am I a piece of crap? Why am I not showing up? Why am I not posting? And obviously I was in a place of burnout. So I was feeling particularly vulnerable and sort of being like, why am I not myself anymore? And I think even on my good days and even now, it's like, I don't need to hear from other people. So I think it's falling into that trap because it really starts to like, make you question everything but also starts to mold you and take you down different paths Mm. um so that's a huge one and again people aren't providing a lot of context on the internet so unless you're like hanging out with them and you've been following them for a while you just see little snippets of their story we're all guilty of it you know share the Mm. great bits the low bits but nothing in between and again that's where i think context 
privilege, these honest kind of conversations are coming in. And if you're not actually having them with individuals, you don't know the full picture. And so then we start to, again, like latch on diff- to different ideas or be like, well, everyone in my industry is talking you know, about income, I should be too, even though it doesn't feel good to me, even though I don't know why they're doing it, even though I don't know if it's working, but it looks like it is. And so then we can start to do unethical tactics, not because we're bad humans. I don't believe anyone is intentionally bad. I do think people make not great decisions or use tactics in unethical ways to get Mm. results. I think majority of us and people listening, we're not bad. It's just we get told to do these things. We'll see these Mm. things happening. We don't have the full information. And we start yeah. doing them. And even if they feel gross to us, we still do them because we're told, oh, it worked for X business owner. It'll mm-hmm. work for you too, which is just not true because I'm sure someone could have lived my life the last year or so and not experienced burnout, but yeah. experienced burnout years ago when I was fine. So again, like there's no like, yeah. context to why I, which is why in the podcast episode, I shared why I thought I had you know, found myself experiencing burnout because I thought that was relevant to then the tips or the conversation that I was going to have because everyone's, you know, journey in business is different from their successes Mm. to their challenges. Yeah, because it's it's not as simple as you're getting super busy, so have a team and you won't burn out. You had a team and you still experienced that, right? And you had a coach and you had support. So it's, it's very unique to each person. But as you say, the the nonsense that we see and that infuriates me is the lack of context, as you say, it's sort of, you know, I've done this and I've done that. And it's like, well, hi, you have like a whole team that you never speak of, that you never show, that you pretend you're this one woman, superwoman. And so that's incredibly misleading for the other souls out there who try to follow in those footsteps and they topple over because they haven't got that. But so you also did something pretty big last year you let go of your team and your coach at the top of this burnout season right and what was that like and kind of because I know that we obviously privately have had lots of conversations about this as it was happening um but how was that in terms of an exercise and what are you going to do differently from that this year oh my god it was like the best decision I've ever made (laughs) and I'm not and I don't want that to come across as like having a team or having a coach is wrong it's not again it's right Mm. for different people but if we look at sort of what was contributing to a lot of, you know, the stresses, which is another thing I want mm-hmm. people to take away, think of the stresses in your business and your life that could be contributing to, you know, the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of mine was that I was having to manage a team that wasn't performing to the standard that they should mm-hmm. have and that was expected. And so then I'd gone into this management mode. I was always putting out fires, following things up. And just me personally, like it wasn't I hate helping. Doing, it was him. Yeah, it was yeah, him. I hate doing all of that. Um, oh, yeah, which is why I run my business the way I run it, so I don't have to like chase invoices and stuff like that. <laughs> like when I was a um, you know freelancer, so it, it, it took away. And then the energy I had left was just sort of went onto all of these things and the stressing about it and like waking up at four a.m. being like crap, they didn't do X and like messaging why did you not do this or why is this in color blue? My branding main branding colour is peach. Like how many times do I have to tell you? And it started to really affect the experience of my clients, yeah. my, you know, partnerships, my relationships. And again, if you know me, like I really value those and I put a lot of effort into those. And, mm. you know, I'm one of those people that if I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. But then my team wasn't doing it and I just Again, for personal reasons, that's just who I am. And so it just really activated everything in me. And 
obviously there's great having coaches. There's nothing wrong with having a coach, but I just couldn't implement what I wanted to implement. And I felt that I had started to shift my business in a way that the coach that I was working with, who is an incredible human, just was no longer the right coach for me with the type of business that Mm. I wanted to run um, and how I wanted to, to run it. So I think you know, they could have continued to support me. They were really lovely and supportive when I said I needed time out. But I was like, I just need to break away, which is probably a theme that you can hear, break away from everything to stop being on the internet, yeah. stop hanging out with peers that, you know, have a hate relationship with on the internet, <laughs> you know, stop listening to a coach who's saying other things that I don't necessarily agree with, you know, stop having a team that I have to manage. I just needed space from all of it so I could mm-hmm. reset up myself and what I wanted because my business had changed over the last few years you know back in 2020 Mm. at the end I think it was 2020 I um retired all of my courses and programs remember and just went back to one-on-one coaching and so I was going through this transition while being in COVID with other personal things happening in my life so I was Mm. already in a place of transition and I just I felt like I needed to let everything go so I could, you know, be reborn. Not really. So I could just figure out what I wanted to do with my life and who I was as a person without influence of others telling yeah. me what I should or shouldn't be doing without their mm-hmm. time pressures, without, you know, worrying about the money that was coming out of my bank account, but not seeing mm-hmm. the results I wanted. So again, like I think we're told that we have to have a certain pathway, but for many of us, and I know my clients who prefer, set of work one-on-one, you know, living with a disability, you know, mental health um, concerns, all of that. When we just prescribe them something and tell them to do it, it often doesn't really support them. And I know we talk about this a lot. And so I kind of felt like what I was being told in my support network was not supporting me. And I don't think anyone Mm. had also put it together that I wasn't quite myself, even though I was saying, hey, I'm really stressed out. I'm crying at my desk. I'm not a cry at the desk type of person, but I, ju- mm. I like this isn't working. And I just kept on getting the same generic advice given back to me from that support. Yikes. So again, that's why I was like, this is not, this is yeah, not what I need. It just I'm, wasn't fitting. It was really yeah. not doing you any favors at that point. Yeah. And we hear that happen a lot, right? With people who have teams or partnerships or clients when you're like, it's no mm. longer aligned. It's just no longer supportive yes. for anyone. And so I had to, put my big boots on and make it, which was actually really easy. Again, when I got to that point and realized where I was at and kind of where I wanted to be and the things I had to change, it wasn't scary. It's like that clarity was like the most calming thing ever because I finally was able to be mm. like, this is not me in my head. This is real. Like this is real and I'm in control and I can make the changes. And I did make yeah. the changes. And again, I'm like so much happier well, it tells you everything about the decision, right? As hard yeah. as it was. If you feel relief once you've made it, you 100% know it's the right thing for you to do. And I think this is a thing that we don't see talked about, right? Is what happens when the team that you think is going to help you ends up hindering and not being a fit? It's 10 times more work. And the same with a coach. You can outgrow your coach. You can, we all evolve. And especially if we're doing personal work or we've got support and coaching or therapy, we evolve as humans. And there's also this sort of narrative coming up that like staying with your coach for the long term is the thing to do. And, you know, I 
absolutely love it when my clients feel complete in their coaching for where they're at right now. And that's kind of the something that my coach said to me when I was wobbling about one of my clients leaving who I freaking adored. And it was something she said. And she was like, well, it's wonderful. She feels complete in this process. And I was like, that is an absolute game changer in the brain to switch it up. And I just celebrate that someone can be so self-aware, advocate for what they need and make a decision because it's beautiful. We shouldn't be, oh, my clients stay with me forever. And then because if that's in your messaging as well, a client's going to feel horrible after leaving after three or six months as well. And it's like permission to do what the fuck you want and get what you need and move on, you know, varying degrees of that. And also the team stuff as a person who also has a team with a virtual assistant agency, dear God, I've been through the mill with that. And you don't always get it right. And I think that's kind of a thing where we like, we assume, you know, we hear someone's got a virtual assistant or someone on their team and that's it. You know, it's easy and it's lovely and it's, it's work. It's investment in them to get them up to speed on everything that you do isn't figuring out that they're a personality fit. And then what happens when you realize down the line, they're not, or their work ethic isn't the same as yours. You've just done a lot of stuff that you have to undo and then think about redoing with someone. It's exhausting. And we don't sort of speak about that side of like, it might take a minute to get it right with your team. (laughs) We might not need a team. (laughs) You might have to let them go. And it's, you know, if we can do that from a place of honesty and integrity, always when we're letting humans in now of our businesses and our spaces, then cool. But a lot of people don't. (laughs) That's another side to it. But obviously you've handled it with integrity and it felt really, really good for you. So what what does in the simplest terms for you, especially after everything you've been through in the business that you've had for this long, what does success look and feel like to you? What does that mean? Yeah, I get asked this question a lot, (laughs) which I think is a fab question. And I, I think I always come up with a different answer. And I think that is probably a good thing and mm. something that I encourage my clients to do. Like you said, as you grow and, you know, change. And for me, I often come back to things that I knew to be true, but I went off, you know, on a tangent or decided to do something else and then kind of came back to the core. I think a lot of us do that and that's just a normal part of growth. So for me at the moment, this really looks like just feeling for lack of a better word, like grounded mm. and calm. So if my nervous system starts going like all over the shop for whatever reason, personal work, you know, because I am my business, my business is me because it's just me right now and I want to keep it that way, then I know something's not quite right. And, yeah, you do have periods where you're like, oh, my God, I need to get this done, but I'm talking about like the heightened periods mm. of like nervous system. Mm. And I also need to feel like I have – purpose and I have direction because I'm big on that. I'm one of those people that just gets shit done. And I love that about myself, but I also want to have space for freedom and for creativity and for play and joy. And so Mm -hmm. again, it's a bit of a balancing act. I don't believe that you can ever get the right balance. You're always kind of give and take. And so for those, for me, a kind of success, like if it feels good, I know what I'm doing. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like I've achieved something, even if it's like just get the social media post out or, you know, have this interview with Mel, then I'm like happy. I'm kind yeah. of done with these huge lofty like goals and mission statements for, mm. for now. I'm really turned it back in on myself and really said like every day I say, well, what do you need as a human? What does like your business need? And then like, you know, what does the kind of world need? 
from me and it's always me first. Um, I always try and take care of myself and support myself first. And so some days that looks different to others. It looks different to what was on my to-do list. But I know that if I get to the end of the day, the week, the month and the year, and I can say, you know, every day I did the best with what I had like mm-hmm. available t- in terms of money, time, you know, energy, then I'm a, I'm a happy, happy human being because that's, that's all I can like ask for. And so it's less pressure internally, which will hopefully mean less pressure externally with the, the way that, you know, that I move through the world, the expectations of others, the way that I support others. Mm. Um, I think, you know, I just want my clients to feel like similarly, like when they hang out with me, not feel like she's giving me 60 million things to do, you know, <laughs> all these things, otherwise I'm crap. Which I know a lot of people will have that experience when they're working, you know, courses and programs. Yeah. You know, my my favorite thing is when my clients say to me, I saw your face and I was just felt like instantly like supported and calm mm. and like loved and respected and honored and like I could do this. I was like, yes, because that's what I want to feel. So if I can give that mm. to my clients, then I'll I'll totally do that every day. But again, I need to like give it to myself first, right? Before 100%. I can support others. Mm, that's so beautiful because the more people I ask that question to, my, my favorite little nerdy question, the more simple the answers come back they are, you know, because I think when you start, you're like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I worked into this industry and I didn't have like, you know, zero in my eye, in my eyesight, like I'm going to earn six figures. It just wasn't even a thing I thought would happen just did it because I wanted the freedom, the space to make my own decisions, decide for myself and to, you know, not check my bank account because I wasn't worried whether something would bounce. I just, I forgot to check it for a week was a complete luxury, you know, and it's little things like that are what make us happy. And I think as humans, they're such simple things, but we lose that, right? We get all, you know, have big dreams. I am not saying don't. I think they're absolutely incredible. And I think that we should strive to do brilliant change-making things with our lives. But sometimes at the core of it, we sort of forget to bake the simple things in that, you know, is the bit of freedom, you know, the time, working with people we like, which means saying no a lot, which means growing more slowly and that being okay and just having a more realistic human outlook, right? Yeah, I just sort of feel like when you hang out online, it's like you're reading, you know, the greatest hits or like some kind of weird marketing <laughs> brochure where everyone is like, you know, the perfect kind of life. Everyone's smiling with the white picket fence and the house and everyone looks the same and you're sort of like, mm-hmm. what? And like if you took it out of context and, you know, and then we did create like a magazine when it was just all the crap that people shared on say Instagram, we'd be like, what is this? Like we would know instantly that it's, that it's bullshit on it. <laughs> yeah, I really do think that. And then, you know, because it's online and we're all trying to run a business and we do want to eat and, like you said, not look at our bank mm. accounts, work with decent people, we kind of get, like, sucked in <laughs> to all of it. And I just I would really love it if we could all, like, take a step back and, like I said, you know, take that individual responsibility because, mm. you know, people like you and I have been in the industry for so long or running our business for so long, like people look to us and I think, you know, that's a great thing. We should be looking to our peers and others. But, you know, when we only look to like others all the time and see all of those successes, you're right, you do forget where you are and like what you really want and all these vanity metrics and things like that, you know, coming back to the, 
like mm. ethics. Like you can have a profitable, successful, you know, sustainable, aligned business, you know, we're both examples of it, but so are our clients. And a lot of the time they're not the ones that are having all of their posts shared, thousands of people on the email yeah. list. They're like the quiet achievers. Like where did the quiet achievers oh my gosh, go? Yeah. Where did that become a thing that we had to not be anymore, that we had to be loud and overly colourful? And everything and- we're not, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I sit at home in my like matching track suits with like <laughs> hair in a bun and I get shit done and it's like not sexy and I never pop champagne. <laughs> There's no glitter bombs. So like, <laughs> I don't know what people to see from me. And then I sort of feel like, yeah, that like, why would you want to learn from me? Why would you want to hang out with me? I've got nothing like interesting, sexy to say. But I think the more of us who share what it's really like to run a business, yeah. you know, to be in this industry for years, again, it's going to paint a really nice picture of what it's really like because it is me. Mm. in tracksuit sets like surrounded yeah, by it. like all the liquids that I'm drinking you know the <laughs> like coffee the juice and the Casey water. your and dog Casey, your lovely dog, dog. <laughs> yeah like a little support puppy but like other than that <laughs> you know it's not it's oh, not yeah. sexy at all no and you're so right it's like the, the quieter business owners tend to be the ones that I work with as well and they've got fully booked out businesses and you know banking thousands and thousands a month and they've got less than a thousand Instagram followers and they're not very loud and they're quiet and they do it their way and it just works it's like it doesn't have to be like I've got 9,000 followers and this that and the other to achieve success that's meaningful that's impactful can be done with so much less than you imagine and it's like we just mute all of the noise and come back inside because that's kind of that's one of the biggest parts of my work that I love is that helping women tune into their intuition so when they're making decisions it gets filtered through the lens of does this feel good to me or is this something I think I should be doing and it's so important so I just yeah I love I love that you're like yeah me and my track suits quiet power just here (laughs) just hanging out doing my thing yeah and so one of the last questions I have for you is why do you love your business what is it about it that really makes you happy what's magic about your business for you I think for me it's being able to combine all of my passions in one to create something that's really unique that serves not only me and my life so like you said freedom choice you know income but also really serves my clients that it gives them the support that they need it shows them that they can do things a different way, a real sort of peer-to-peer learning, a real partnership model mm-hmm. that I don't think we see enough in the online business space. Like I think for a lot of us growing up, well, I know for me anyway, it was like you can't like this and do that and have those goals and, you know, like pick one thing and be good at that and be known for that. Oh, and I do. I think narratives. Yeah, like such as, you know, niching and stuff. But I am a multi-passionate individual and I just felt so cut off from my talents and skills and life experiences when I worked in a corporate and now I get to combine all of those together. And I think that's something that I also help my clients to do, to stop segmenting themselves and their lives to really bring everything together because I think once you do that, you truly can have like a life that you're happy to live and you can have that success however you define it. So to be able to do all of that is like a dream come true because when, I mean, now people talk about being multi-passionate and starting businesses and all of those things. But when I 
you know, was growing up, that was not a thing I saw anywhere. And I started my business at, I went full time at 28, but I was already freelancing and writing and being a published writer at like 20 and even younger and managing Mm -hmm. at like 16, 17 years old. And so I just never, I never thought it was possible. I thought I had Mm -hmm. to just sort of really segment my life. Like you travel and then you go to work and then you go home and just realize you have to blend everything together. Maybe that's why I also experienced burnout because there is a lot of, uh, do you want to create pursuits, Rich? <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of things there. But I mean, that's when it comes down to boundaries, um, yeah. knowing yourself. But yeah, that's why I love my business because I literally get to come to work every day and truly be myself and in my element. And I don't have to change or, you know, like make mm-hmm. myself smaller to like fit in to a standard. I just, I refuse yeah. to do it. And that's what I meant by coming back. To what I know to be true, I kind of lost mm. that. And now, yeah, now I'm like, nah, this is who I am. This is what <laughs> I'm going to do. And you either like it or you kind of don't. It's just not for you. And if that's not offensive yeah. to me, that's great. I'll happily recommend other people, other businesses. Mm. Yeah, I just kind of done playing the game, as I say, that mm-hmm. we feel like we need to play online. It's just yeah. don't even acknowledge it, that there the is game. a game anymore because I just can't be bothered. <laughs> You're doing it your way and you're helping other women do the same, which is beautiful. And just there needs to be more of that. Thank you so much for spending your time and having this conversation. I think it's going to be a really valuable one for people to hear and to gain some insight from. So tell us where they can find you, how people can work with you right now. Thank you. Yes, you can head to my website, which is just rachelkujup.com.au. You can go check out the podcast, The Rachel Kujup Show. You can send me DMs on Instagram about plants, dogs, or business. <laughs> happy to chat about burnout, getting so many DMs about that. Totally happy mm-hmm. to chat about that. And if you did want to work with me, if you were looking for like a coach who wasn't going to prescribe something to you that actually gets to know you and who you are as a person, then you can also message me and we can chat about how I can support you. Amazing. Thank you so much. We'll put all this in the show notes so everyone's got everything and they can find you, but definitely listen to your podcast. It's absolutely brilliant. So highly recommend. And thank, thank you. you for spending your time with me today. Pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful you hit play. And if you liked what you heard, please leave a review, especially on Apple and hit subscribe so you never miss a new episode. If you love this and think someone else would too, then don't be shy. Share it with them. Let's inspire even more women. And every year I will be offering one woman a coaching scholarship. And the time is now. So if you think you know someone who would benefit from three months of one-to-one business coaching with me, head to the show notes and you'll find all the details and the link to apply. Good luck.